Today is Thursday, January 20th. The title for our devotional is Future Fulfillment. For the last couple of days, we've been looking at the various aspects of hope in Curtis Chang's description of hope. He says, hope is seeing yourself in a story, a past that gives you longing, a future that promises to fulfill that longing, and a present that energizes you to work towards that future fulfillment. Today, we're looking at the future promises to fulfill the longing that we have. It is often the symptom of comfort and privilege that we lose sight of longing for a better future. In our 21st century American culture full of comfort and privilege, I would contend this is one of our primary problems in the church. If everything is pretty good now, then what longing do we have for the future restoration of all creation at the second coming of Jesus? It is when we come face to face with suffering that this hope becomes real to us. Again, let's read Romans 8, 17 to 25. And remember, Paul is talking to a group of Christians who are all suffering in one way or another in Rome. He says, Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Notice, again, the the future aspect that Paul keeps pointing them to. He keeps calling them to this hope of a better future. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Now we know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the devotional page, I've highlighted in yellow all of the segments that are talking about this future hope that Paul is calling the Roman Christians to look ahead to. In verse 17, Paul makes the assertion that we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Heirs of what, we might ask? The answer is in the following paragraph. We are heirs of the new creation. As we saw yesterday, the story of the Bible is such that humans are purposed to be God's stewards, ruling creation under him. The future hope of restoration is the restoration of all creation, with humanity fully living in its mandate to rule over creation, ruling under God's authority as purposed. This is a cosmic redemption with humanity at the center of the story. When the children of God are revealed, creation's hope will be realized, will become a reality. Quote, creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Children of God also have hope in a future fulfillment yet to be revealed. It's not just creation, it is the children of God as well. In verse 23, Paul says, not only so, talking about creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. So, as we saw last week, our current transformation is internal in our character. This transformation will extend to our physical body at the return of Jesus and the resurrection of the dead. The future fulfillment of our hope is the restoration of all creation being delivered from the curse. 
It is also our bodies being transformed and redeemed to the resurrected and transfigured body of Jesus. This is the future hope of Christians, that we have confidence will come to full realization because, again, of the historic faithfulness of God. For additional content, I want to read Revelation 21 and part of 22, which uh, illustrates so beautifully this future hope that Christians have at the new heaven and new earth and the new creation, which will become about when Jesus returns. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city and the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, and those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And I goes into long descriptions of the city of God. <clears throat> but fast forward to Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. For reflection today, just reflect on and try to imagine this beautiful picture of the new creation, this revelation that God gave to John of the new creation, of the return of Christ, of the establishment of his kingdom here on earth, the union of God's space and man's space here on earth, when humans will rule under God, fulfilling their creation mandate as intended. All of those themes are in play here in the removal of the curse of creation and humanity will be complete and we will live with God forever. So for reflection, just do your best to read that again, imagine it, reflect on it, to be this hope, this future hope that we are longing for and waiting to be fulfilled.